Hi, this is Sally Alexon from Eight Forest Lane, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, food bloggers, are you ready to accomplish your 2023 goals faster than you ever thought possible? If you are nodding your head yes right now, the Eat Blog Talk Mastermind program might be a great fit for you. We are now accepting applications for 2023, and I will let you in on a little secret. If you sign up before the end of November 2022, you can lock in at the current pricing. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind for more information and to apply. Here is current mastermind member Kim from kickassbaker.com talking about one of the biggest benefits she has received from being inside the group. And I think just that transparency and willingness to be open and sharing for the pure benefit of somebody else's success has been a big surprise to me. For me, I that's a big part of like who I am too, is I'm very much interested in helping other people succeed, but it's been like very equal, you know, like there's just a very equal amount of giving and taking, sharing and sharing and sharing for other success. And other people are so willing to share what has worked for them purely to help other people succeed. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 359. I have Sally Alexon with me today. She's going to talk to us about how not blogging full-time can help to cultivate a passion. Sally started the first iteration of her blog on the floor of an apartment back in December of 2014. And since then, she's gone through a rebrand and completely overhauled every aspect of her site to what you can see today on 8 Forest Lane. Sally has never followed trends, is possibly too stubborn. (laughs) I can relate to that, Sally. And hasn't had the kind of traffic or financial success that many others who have been doing it less time have, but she continues to keep on going because she loves it. Sally, I'm very excited for our chat today. We want to hear what your fun fact is first, though, before we dig into it. Thank you, Megan. So my fun fact is that when I was in high school, I actually played flute and I was in a touring concert band and I was able to perform on the stage of the Sydney Opera House. (gasps) I knew you were going to say that. As soon as you said flute, I was like, she's going to talk about the Sydney Opera House. I don't know why I tapped into you, but that is so cool. And you have to share what that experience was like. It was really amazing. So I was in in high school and just being afforded those kind of opportunities. I was from a small country town and being able to travel and and go to Sydney and be with a group of other students and, and perform on a stage like that, you know, that's so iconic. Uh, It's just really special. So yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Oh, that's so cool. And I'm guessing a very, very small percentage of the population can say that they have done that. So yes, yes. well chosen fun fact. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, I have to mention your line from the bio about not always following trends because I feel like I've had that same kind of journey at times because I was just too stubborn too. Like, I no, I don't want to do that just because you're telling me to do that. So before we get into your story, how do you feel like that has affected your blogging journey? To be honest, I think that is my blogging journey. I think, you know, from the moment when I first started this, I... I read, you know, every single article that there was on Pinterest, you know, to try and work out what I was doing. And a lot of it just didn't resonate with me. And I think, you know, for me, it was really important to try and find my own path forward. And so while I've not 
follow trends and, you know, maybe not always follow the advice that's out there or those kind of best practices, that really allowed me to kind of find what I wanted to do and, and what I really loved doing. And I think, yeah, that that to me was just so essential for me to craft out the space that I needed uh, to be able to create. Mm, so it gave you kind of permission to be unique, to be yourself and to find your own way, really. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like so many people in this space and not to fault anyone for this at all, because I think it's very natural to do this, but just to see what others are doing and to want to do the same and to kind of like, you know, just do it and then maybe question later. And I do that sometimes as well. But I think my default is much like you where I'm like, wait a second, I don't want to do that. Why are you telling me that I have to do that? I'm not going to. So I've had to find like a happy balance between the two and not just saying no because I want to say no, but also, yeah, just like finding that fine line. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like a lot of the things that I said no to, you know, I've eventually come around and and I've gone, oh, okay, now I see the value in that. But I think I had to find that reasoning why by myself first um, rather than just following because someone said that that was what you should be doing. Right. Oh gosh, I can relate. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about your story. So you had a full-time job and you were in a place where you felt like you were just struggling at all. I know a lot of us have been there or are there. So talk us through that, like where you started and kind of how it's evolved for you. Yeah, of course. So as you know, you spoke about um, in my bio, I've been doing this for quite a while. I started back in 2014, December of 2014. And for me, this has always been a hobby. It started out as a creative outlet, something that I could do in my free time. And once I started, I just didn't stop. Just I just kept going and I just loved it. And, you know, I just found this space of creating and publishing stuff on the internet. And I really liked that. So through that journey, I had no intent or direction really when I started. So it took me quite a number of years to actually find food as this space that I really loved to develop that passion for it. And the place that I got to, you know, I felt that this is really rewarding and this is something that I just, I want to spend all my time on. I can never find enough time to work on it. And I think that's, you know, a common thread that we can talk about through people who are in the food blogging industry. But I really struggled with that balance of, you know, I had this full-time job that was really quite time-consuming and and mentally draining and mentally exhausting, and I felt this push and pull between, you know, this is the thing over here that I really want to spend my time on, and this is the thing I have to spend my time on. And, you know, working through that and trying to find that balance and then, of course, you know, all your everyday home life things that just have to get done, I just found that there wasn't as much joy in the work that I was doing, in, you know, in both my full-time job and with my blog work. So I knew that I needed to kind of make a change and I needed to to refocus my priorities. And I think a lot of that came through with, a, you know, a lot of other people with the pandemic. There's a big shift, I guess, in terms of mindsets. Oh my gosh. I have heard so many stories that can parallel exactly what you're saying. Mine included, I feel like I experienced a massive shift during the pandemic for the better. I mean, obviously it was not all butterflies and rainbows, but I that was kind of a turning point for me too. So talk about that. How did it change things for you? Yeah, definitely. And I think with the pandemic, it 
showed us not only how the things that we can take for granted can be taken away, but it also showed us the possibilities that could exist. And so for me, the way that the world changed during that time showed me that I didn't need to sit in an office from nine to five and that what the meaning of finding like this work-life balance, it changed. It it started to look a little bit different to what I'd ever thought it could before. So, you know, while there was a, a lot of negatives I guess, coming out of the pandemic and, you know, not to to take that for granted at all. But to me, there was this really big shift, I guess, in terms of how our society viewed work. And I think that was really interesting. For me, the work that I was doing was quite heavily impacted by the pandemic. So the industry that I was working in. And so for the duration, basically, of, of the role that I was doing was kind of fighting fires a little bit. So there was a lot of mental drain that came out of that and I started to you know by the end of those two years up towards December of 2021 when I decided to leave that job I'd just been quite quite mentally drained and you know I was lacking that balance and and because of you know the pandemic and, and being able to see other people taking these alternative paths I started to kind of question that and go what could my future path look like and start trying to make some decisions around how to move forward. So that required, I mean, that was a big leap for you. So that required a lot of faith, right, Sally? I mean, it's not easy to do that. Yeah. So talk about that. Like how scary was that? It was terrifying, to be honest. So so when I made this decision, I was, I just bought a house. So I'm not sure what things are like in the US, but during the pandemic, housing prices in Australia just really skyrocketed so you know we just got this big mortgage under you know under our belts and we're starting to achieve a lot of personal goals that we've been working on for for years for my whole life and feeling like I was in a position where I needed to leave that job felt like was I actually going to say goodbye to those those goals that I had just started to realize so for me that was quite quite scary at the time I was not making much money with my blog I was making probably about 500 bucks a month. I had just qualified for Mediavine, and that was when the requirement was 25,000 sessions. So it was still sort of on that lower side. And I think, you know, here in Australia, our RPMs are a little bit lower than what you could expect in the US. So you do need more traffic to sort of make more of that high income bracket. So I was really nowhere near where I would need to sustain my current lifestyle and those current goals without that job. But I I still quit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I just feel that I, so I was kind of forced to leave a corporate job. So I have a little bit different situation. I didn't make the choice, but it was, it was so scary. I mean, I had to think about health insurance and my family's health insurance, and there are so many variables that go into that. So good for you for being faithful and for taking the leap. I think that is such a brave, courageous thing to do. Thank you. So how did things go from there? Once you made the decision, you're like, I'm in, I'm doing this. What happened after that? So basically, once I made that decision, I was kind of feeling like I I had a bit of a crossroads ahead of me. And I was at the point of I was quite burnt out, quite burnt out, quite tired, and really was just looking looking for a bit of a rest. So what I did is is I was a, allowed myself to have about one and a half, two months off work. I was luckily in a position 
where I could afford to do that. And then I knew from that I needed to make a decision of, of which way to move. So many people, I think particularly like in food blogging, I hear stories all the time where people are in these similar situations as I am and they take that, you know, as the opportunity to take a plunge into just figuring it out and just making it work. And I started to realise that, you know, I was really struggling with that decision because of my mindset was kept coming back to thinking of how am I going to do that? How am I going to continue to pay my bills when I have to build something up from basically from scratch? So I almost felt like I was in a position of that I had to take the opportunity to go full-time with the blog because it was this kind of a now or never moment. And that just didn't sit right with me for for a little bit and I was sort of struggling with that decision because I really didn't want to go and and find myself in another full-time job that was going to like split my focus again and, and basically just land me back into burnout. But every time I looked at trying to rebuild my blog into something that would generate me income, I could see that going down that exact same path. Of, uh, of burnout and possible resentment towards the thing that I loved doing the most. So that's kind of when my little aha moment came from one of my favourite books, and that's Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. And if you haven't read that, like, it's just, I love it. I've read it so many times. And I think for me, reading this, she was speaking about how devastating it can be when we put so much pressure on our passions and our art to make us a living. And that to me just resonated so much. It was not about what if I failed, but it was what about what would happen if I ended up hating this? Like, and that thought just scared me so much because the blog and you know photography and writing about food, that stuff is it's so essential to bringing me joy. I just I was so scared of of hating it because I was putting that level of pressure on it. So I truly considered going down that path of, of going full-time and trying to build this into something. But at the end of the day, that I realised that, that I wasn't in a position to put that kind of pressure on myself and on my site. So I decided that that wasn't going to be the way that I was going to move forward. Oh my gosh, this is the coolest story ever. I think that you're right. Most of us get to that point and we're like, well, we're going to either dig in or we're going to abandon ship. Yeah. So I'm so impressed that you thought through this and also that you had that moment of just one sentence coming to you at the right time. I think we've all experienced that where we hear line, other lines similar before in other ways and we just hear that one line at the right time and we're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. So you had that aha moment and that really dictated your future. So what were your options going forward and what did you choose? So did you go find a job? What happened next? Yeah. So I knew that what I had thought, you know, was was going full full time with the blog. And I realized that, you know, putting that level of pressure on that wasn't the option. So what was the next option was maybe I could do that part-time and supplement my blogging income with VA work or photography. But again, that didn't really sit right with me. It didn't feel exciting. So what I decided to do was be a little bit more selective in terms of going out and looking for a job. And again, you know, coming back to the the pandemic, I think a lot more opportunity exists for flexibility in terms of work. So I had a really clear I guess, set of criteria of what I was looking for. And so I was looking for something that was in my field that was something that I was good at 
that I could do that would, you know, fulfill me from that professional level, but potentially was a little bit less stressful than the, the work that I'd been doing previously. So I went out and I, I was just looking for roles that were exclusively work from home and for companies that really supported that flexible work-life balance and would sort of give me the ability to, you know, do that work and then leave that at work and then be able to transition my focus back onto my blog and be able to balance the two. Food bloggers, I want to take a really quick second here to talk to you about something new that we're starting this summer. I'm super excited about it. I am loving this new movement of food bloggers who are digging into podcasting as a way to add an awesome, unique new layer to their business. I feel so passionately about this topic. Audio is so powerful and food bloggers digging into audio in the form of podcasting is going to be a huge, successful movement. It will be a way to expand your brand into new areas that you cannot even imagine There is an entire episode dedicated to this. So go listen to episode number 306 if you haven't already. And I promise you're going to be inspired to dig into audio yourself. As a way to support this movement, I am creating a group coaching experience starting in June of 2022. If you are interested in joining us, there are a limited number of spots available just because I want to give you all my dedicated attention. Send me an email at megan at eatblogtalk.com if you're interested. I am including an introductory rate. It's a monthly rate. If you want in, you will be locked in at that rate. Send me an email. Tell me you're interested in the group coaching for podcasters. And I can't wait to see you inside and I can't wait to see how this just totally explodes your business. All right, back to the episode. I was able to work on projects that would allow me to develop these transferable skills where I was working, you know, and getting paid to learn and getting paid to sort of develop those skills. And then these are things that I could then take back into my blog and and implement there and really continue to develop not only that professional career, but also those skills that are directly related to my blog. So by having that, you know, that level of flexibility and that level of professional development it really allowed me to kind of have that balance that I was looking for and be able to come into it with the specific mindset of this is my work, this is what I, where I focus here, and then this is my blog and this is what I focus here and, and kind of compartmentalize to a degree between those two. I think it's so cool that you found a job that supplements your knowledge for your food blog. That's super smart. I don't know if that kind of just happened or if you intentionally did that, but amazing. Did that just fall into your lap or is that something that you had in mind when you were seeking a job? Yeah, it's it's something that I had in mind. And, and to be honest, to talk about that a little bit more, we do go back to the original, I guess, the start of my, my blogging journey. And what happened is when I was starting my blog, one of the things that I wanted to achieve out of it initially was new skills. And it was about learning a different you know, learning about the online world. I was studying digital marketing at the time and I started creating, you know, creating this website and learning about publishing content and and those things. And that actually allowed me to kind of pursue my career outside of my blog. And so I've worked on websites of and digital marketing projects for a number of years now. So I'm a project manager. That has kind of worked always hand in hand between my website and and my professional career. But I think it's just really coming together at the end here where I can really specifically go, I'm looking more at that technical SEO 
side of things on a day-to-day basis. And I can directly relate that back to publishing content online. This is the coolest thing ever. I don't think I've heard anyone who has <laughs> the same story as that as you, Sally. I have a few questions for you. So do you feel like having done this, do you feel like you ever experience pressure in the food blogging realm or do you feel like it's completely taken the pressure off your shoulders? Oh, I think I think there's still pressure on on a daily basis and I, and I think, you know, it's just the nature of this industry of publishing online, you know, you have comparison and I I fall into that trap all the time and I you know, you look at Instagram and I'm like, oh, well, they're so far ahead of me or I feel proud of a photo that I publish and then I see someone else's and I'm like, oh, well, mine, mine's not good enough. I've got so much work to do to kind of get to that point. And I think it's just about taking that pressure off ourselves and it's just a constant reminder to kind of come back to it and go, why am I doing this? Why am I publishing it? What is my story? And as you said, my story is not the same as everyone else's. And I would guarantee that most people's stories are not the same as the next person. Uh, So it's really about like coming back to that to yourself and really acknowledging where you're at in your journey and being able to just, just be a little bit kinder to yourself, I think. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can completely understand where you're coming from. Do you feel like overall you're just so much more balanced and happy and all of the good things, peaceful? Yeah, I think what it really allows me is the freedom. So it's the freedom to create, you know, knowing that my bills are paid. So I, you know, I still do have those goals to eventually look to take the blog full time, but right now I don't have to. And I think for me, that's just such an incredibly freeing feeling because I can go and make a recipe. It could have a low search volume. You know, it's just something that I can allow myself to do as long as I understand that the intent behind that for me and my business is simply to create rather than necessarily drive that profitability. And that is incredibly freeing. So my approach then comes down to really focusing on my skills, focusing on that as more of a craft. It gives me time to develop recipes more, but it gives me time to do more research and learning. And, you know, one of the the biggest things that I've been doing this year is just really focusing on that photography and really honing that as a craft. And I think before I definitely felt the pressure to, well, I had to publish, you know, X amount of blog posts every month didn't matter if it was perfect, just kind of get it out. And I think at the moment what this allows me to do is is be a bit more intentional with what I'm posting and what I'm putting out there into the world and making sure that I've I've been able to really cultivate my creativity and, and put my best foot forward. I can see how this could be just provide a more natural unfolding of your journey and also of the skills that you refer to. So like photography you don't have to feel like you're rushing to figure it out. You can just kind of let it unfold in a more organic way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is very alluring. I think that there's so many food bloggers who, you know, they find they feel that pressure to quit their job that they don't like and then they leave and then they feel the pressure to make the money and then everything just becomes less enjoyable. So this is... This is a great perspective, I think, to put out there just for people to consider. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, in saying that, I do feel as though if I gave myself the full-time hours and I gave that undivided attention towards my blog, 
And so with that time and focus combined with my passion that I could turn it into the business that supports me, that pays the bills. But the question that I have is at what cost? So it would be the cost of some of those external factors that I spoke about before. So there's other goals in my life and it's that kind of lifestyle, but it's also that pressure of this thing that I'm creating has to pay my bills. And if I simply make, you know, make that decision and and go, this is my full-time job, would I lose the freedom I have to create and possibly any of that joy that comes along with it? And I'm not saying that necessarily that is what happens because I know like a lot of people, you know, they still find that joy and they're still able to pay their bills. But in terms of looking at that from my perspective and and my personal story, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. And, And I feel like at this point in time, the balance there for me in terms of being able to separate income and creativity is where I want to sit and, and that's where I feel comfortable at the moment. Do you have any sort of time frame in your mind when you think of working on the blog full time, like five years, or do you not do that? Do you not put those time restraints on that at all? I'm trying not to. I had it previously in when I was in my previous role. I had it in my mind, you know, I was like in 12 months, I'm I'm going to leave and I'm going to do this. And I think that really stopped me from thinking about the now. It was like future me is going to do this, future me is going to do that. And it didn't allow me to kind of enjoy the process and, and to enjoy it now. And there was a little bit of resentment then that built up around my current job because I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to be doing something else. And I don't think that was healthy. So, no, I don't have a time frame. I think it's just about, I think I'll, I think I'll know when I'm kind of ready. That's such a good answer. You think you'll know and you will, because it seems like you're really in tune with just knowing and leaning into your intuition. And I also feel like that is the key to a happy life. Not just speaking about blogging, but all around is allowing yourself to enjoy where you're at and giving yourself to permission to enjoy the journey as it's unfolding and not putting pressure on the future and what you need to be doing in the future. So Sally, I feel like you just gave us the key to happiness. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big call, but I'll take it. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So what passions within the realm of blogging do you like most? You said you were looking into honing your photography skills. What else have you found that you just really love doing? There's a lot of it and I, and I think it evolves and I think it changes. One of the things that I love the most about it when I first started was the writing aspect. But to be honest, that's, that's sort of dropped off and at the moment the photography side is definitely taking over. But I think the thing that I love the most about it is the food. I love eating the food, I love cooking the food, and I just think being able to create around that and, I don't know, that that to me is, is the biggest biggest enjoyment. But I love all aspects of it. You know, I do, as I said before, I do have a little bit more of a technical background. So I do love tinkering with the website and making updates and and things like that. But I think, yeah, there's just so much opportunity to find something new every time you you look at your site. And yeah, that to me, that's what's really exciting is, I guess, the opportunity that's there. Somewhere along the way, a lot of us lose the love, or not, I shouldn't say the love for, but the the art of making food and going into the kitchen and having those enjoyable cooking or baking days. 
I haven't done one of those days in so long, but that's what got me into, that's what made me fall in love with food blogging to begin with. So I can see where your your approach to food blogging can allow for you to continue to tap into all those things that you love, even if that might evolve. Yeah. So that's enticing because like the cooking days, oh my gosh, those used to be so much fun, but then that evolves and you get to a point where you need to work on SEO and you need to do writing and you need to do all of these things. And then the art is lost somehow. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, you know, that's what led me to this conversation today and why I feel this is so important for us to talk about, because sometimes we just can get so lost in the numbers and trying to gain success. And, you know, I say success really loosely there, because what does that even mean? But what I really just wanted to bring people back to thinking about is why they originally started blogging. Why did you start blogging in the first place? And just really allowing ourselves to find that fun side and to give ourselves the space to create, because I think that's why we all kind of got into this. And and I'm sure that, you know, there's some people who are listening who did get it specific, get into it specifically to make money and, and to be a business. But I think a lot of us, it's really about the passion and it's really about, you know, having that that space and that opportunity to really be our authentic selves and put that online. So yeah, it's just not losing sight of that, I think is really important. Do you have any bits of advice for anyone listening who is in that boat where they might be feeling super pressured to do it all and maybe they want to take a step back and do something similar to what you're doing? Do you have anything for them? I think it would be having that really honest conversation with yourself and really understanding your why and your purpose. Uh, Why are you doing this? And I think, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, when we, for example, when we go back and we look at old recipes that we published on our site, and I like to use this as an example, because, you know, we'll go back and we'll see some of those older posts that we published and there's no search volume. We maybe titled it something weird, but why did you publish it? Was it because it was something that you really loved? And if that's the purpose behind it, then that's your value, right? So I see just sort of having a little bit of a think about why you're publishing what you're publishing and how that aligns, I guess, to your own values and and your own sense of joy and your own creativity and making sure that your decisions are coming from that. Oh, that's beautiful. Is there anything else you would say to anyone in either camp, whether they're completely happy with their situation or wanting to change? Is there anything we forgot to mention, Sally? I don't think so. And I think, you know, just the caveat to all of this is, is this is my personal story. So every single person's story is different. And this one is just filled with my own experiences. But it's one that I do feel passionate about talking about because I do hear thoughts of people giving themselves these ultimatums of, you know, I have to make it profitable. And if I can't, then I should just give up. And I just think that's just such a crazy amount of pressure to put on yourself. So, you know, if you're, as I said, if your sole motivating factor is to make it profitable and make it a business, then sure, go all out. But if there is a side of you that, you know, really wants to focus on that passion and that creativity, I think it's important to make sure that we never lose sight of the joy And, you know, if that means you have to take on another job or you have to supplement your income or stay in your day job a little bit longer or just make some decisions that kind of allow you to get that balance and so that you can really focus on developing and growing your skills and focusing on the love you have for your work, 
then I 100% think that that's a great decision. Amazing. I think this is such an important conversation to have, as you mentioned a little bit ago. So thank you, Sally, for joining me and for prompting this topic today. I think that it's super valuable. Not a problem at all. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with, aside from your amazing Elizabeth Gilbert quote? (laughs) Well, I actually thought I'd come in with another Elizabeth Gilbert quote from Big Magic. And basically, this is just something that really grounds me. I think when I'm just feels a bit much and it's important to remember, she talks a lot about in Big Magic around the relationship with fear and creativity. And so this quote, your fear will always be triggered by your creativity because creativity asks you to enter into realms of uncertain outcome and fear hates uncertain outcome. Ooh. Like it just means so much when you think about it. And yeah, I don't know. It just makes me feel better sometimes when you're like, no, the fear is good. The fear is driving. Oh my gosh. That is an amazing quote. Thank you for ending that way. Love it so much. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Sally. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash eight forest lane. Tell everyone where they can find you, Sally, online and on social media. Thank you. All right. So my website is eightforestlane.com. And I tend to hang out the most on Instagram, uh, so you can follow along there or send me a DM at at 8 Forest Lane. All right. Well, thanks again, Sally, so much for joining us. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.